It's time now for Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester, America's premier automotive news and information talk show. Now, here he is, that automotive journalist with the photographic memory, Ken Chester. Welcome to Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. I'm your host and tour guide for the hour, Ken Chester. I'm so glad you could drop by. On deck for discussion this hour, California's new privacy law and you and women drivers. Now, before you get excited, I'm talking about in Saudi Arabia. It's legal now. And then finally, let's talk oil. You know, black crude, Texas tea, that kind of oil. All that drink this hour. But first, if you're new to the program, it's easy to add your voice to the discussion. Call or text me on the Roadworthy Drive line. That number, 872-222-9793. And that number is good anytime. If you're emailing, of your, if you would rather email, my address is ken at roadworthydrive.net. Either way, me and the crew would love to hear from you. And speaking of the Roadworthy Drive crew, we're again at full strength and robust deployment this week, monitoring the show at the controls, is my friend and resident skeptic, Jack. Holding things down at mic two is our own gamer girl and show favorite, Miss Sasha. Howdy, my peoples. Hello. Hello. I will tell you something after last night. Never, ever, ever, never drive through a flooded road. Well, now, you know what they say. Turn around. Don't, don't drown. drown. And there was a reason for it. Now, I'm going to say this. At the time we're recording this, this happened a week ago. Mm-hmm. We had a major flood literally hit our city. We had 10 inches of rain in one of the suburbs, which I happened to be in last night. To the north. And glad you got back home we safely. Got, we got back home safe after about a four-hour journey. Uh-huh. But I will tell you something. That was probably the scariest thing I have ever been through. I've seen water in places you would not expect oh, to see water. Absolutely not. And and the thing that was really scaring me the most was that my wife, Leanne, we drove separately because I was coming from work. We were going up to Ankeny to have dinner with um, her family because we were celebrating an anniversary. And I left to try to come back to our flagship station to help them out last night. I got as far as seven blocks away and got stopped by the police because the road was so flooded. Um, yeah, I can tell you one thing that I think that I saw it over and over and over. We talk about how our cars are now literally rolling computers mm-hmm. uh folks li- little factoid here water and electric appliances don't, don't mix. mix so if you think you're going to drive through it you think you got a chance um i've seen too many cars and it didn't matter age uh luxury or basic a lot of cars that they may have gotten through the water but they got stuff wet and the vehicle shut down completely and the problem is, in today's world, that may very well total your vehicle. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I yep. saw probably every piece of apparatus the city of Ankeny, fire apparatus the city of Ankeny had that was literally ambulances, fire trucks, even the ladder trucks. They were going out to rescue people. Yep. I saw a gentleman in a Mercedes S-Class try to tackle two feet of water. Oh, no. Uh, they pushed him out. Ooh. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, into the line of other vehicles that this young group of teenagers were pushing out of the water. Yep. Uh, people of a major street. 
They thought they could go through it. Um, took me an hour to get home. Uh, a ride that usually takes 10 minutes. Yep. And it took me, when I finally decided to go back to get Leanne, I had to go through literally seven blocks worth of, worth of parking. Mm-hmm. Before I could actually get around. Well, now, at, least, at least you were lucky. I still yeah. had to park half a block away. And and you had to walk in, but you were later, a couple hours later, you were in. When the water back fell and went down. So, went down. yeah. Please okay. be careful, folks. Uh, if you see water over the road. Do not it, go through As it. they say, turn around. Don't, don't drown. drown. Okay, Ken, the part's been this week. What we got? Um, Uber. Yes. Haven't talked about Uber in a while. No, we haven't. Um, they're getting into the European bicycle sharing market. Okay. Um, Uber wants to be everything to everybody when it comes to mobility. Uh, Looking to become a truly multimodal transportation service, Uber is launching recently purchased electric bicycle sharing service, Jump Bikes, in Europe by the end of the summer. Their goal? They want to be the go-to app for urban transportation options, be it buses, bikes, or cars, allowing people to book trips across a range of services. Now, it's interesting to note, Uber in Europe, uh, not such a wonderful track record. As a matter of fact, in a number of countries, their regular service has been forced to withdraw. Really? Yes. Germany, England, Russia. Yeah. It has not been all peaches and cream for them. Uh, In fact, even in Germany, with their basic service, Mm -hmm. dozens of German taxi drivers outside – a conference that Uber's head was at in Berlin waved placards that read Uber go home. Oh. Yeah. Now happy. in Europe, protests by traditional taxi drivers in the past had turned violent. Court bans had forced it to shut down some of its services in a couple of countries I mentioned, Germany, France, Italy, Spain, and Belgium. So basically what they're trying to do is they're protecting the taxi drivers. Indeed. Uh, and Uber is looking for another way in. If they couldn't get in with the cars, they're going to try with bikes. Well, don't you – about to say, they don't have – I hate to say this, but a bicycle taxi service. So that may just get them in the door. But you're missing the point. When they're talking about bikes, they're talking about um, this uh, phenomenon we've covered here, both with electric scooters and pedal bikes. It's actually bike sharing. Okay. They're making the bike available uh, for someone who wants to use it to get from point A to point B. Usually trips less than two miles. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of that. And these prices uh, across the board are usually ridiculously cheap. A um, dollar to rent, maybe 15 cents a mile. Okay. Wow. I mean, really, really, really cheap. I mean, that is cheap. So if you're in a situation where it's too far to walk, mm-hmm. but not far enough to get in a car, one of these scooters or bicycles or something would be just the trick. Well, and my and my question comes down to this: is we talked about somebody Bird sending dogging. people out yeah. to go pick the bikes back up and take them back to the the places where they were before? Oh right. yeah, bird hunting. Bird hunting. Bird hunting. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, those are the electric scooters, uh, the bird scooters, where uh, the fellow was collecting the birds to recharge them and then distributing them back out in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I think we reported at that time that that individual doing that. Could, could make upwards a night of $600 for minimal effort. Yep. So, yeah, the, the brave new world. Here's something for you, Jack. Okay. How about a car seatbelt escape kit? The what? 
a car seat belt escape kit. Does it have the hook knife in it? Ah, uh, yes. It's That's, called Cut yep. and Go, the industry's first locked-on, self-enclosed, manually guided, child-proof seat belt cutting device and window breaker. Uh, their example, you get into an accident. Yep. It's after the accident. Maybe there's a fire. Maybe there's water. Um, your seatbelt is jammed. You can't get out of it. Yep. You need to get out of it. Yep. This thing clips onto it so that you can use it to cut the seatbelt. Uh, it also has a device, if you can't get the door open, to break the window so you can escape. Okay. Um, the blade is such that in regular use, if you don't use it, uh, it's not exposed in a case where a kid might cut themselves or otherwise get injured. Oh, that's so good. So it's it's pretty cool deal. Uh, in fact, uh, the inventor said that the quality of the material of his product would withstand the force of an accident. So even if you're in an accident, the force of that accident would not render it unusable. And that's exactly the time you might need it. Okay. Are you putting this on the seat belt? Yes. After you buy it? Yes. That way it's right there when you need it? Yes. Okay. And is yeah. it going at the top it where does, it comes out or is it, it going at the bottom where it actually buckles in and, and it's not it, it's not with the buckle it's actually up above designed to cut the belt itself uh to access the cut and go consumers only need to lift the handle break the safety tab pull down the lever completely and the hidden blade will cut through the seat belt then they can employ the integrated glass breaker to leave the car i want to know well again i would think you'd have to cut the bottom belt first yeah, because, I mean, even if it's adjusting up here, right, right. okay, uh -huh. then most of your cars, you're going to have the one that goes over your waist. It just makes more right. sense that it would be down by the buckle mm -hmm. and not up here. Mm -hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? I do. And, and I don't think that the piece made it clear how you would mount it, but it sounded like a heck of a good idea. It is a it good does. idea. Yep. Um, and the, the point that they were making is regardless of whether you're – uh, injured fingers, small hands, fat fingers, skinny fingers, uh, it can be used. So you're not going to be limited, even if you're hurt, in being able to use it to escape. And I thought it was a really brilliant idea. It, yeah. is, it is a brilliant idea. You know, who would have thunk it, as they say? Uh, Indiegogo campaign to raise money for the thing. I think he will indeed be successful with that. So time will tell. We might hear more about it. Next up in the hopper, California's new privacy law. Yeah, it matters. You're riding shotgun with Ken and Roadworthy Drive. This is Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. For 62, a long, lean hood, a clean rear deck, a new functional shape. Dead weight has been cut. No automotive fat to make the Dodge eat gas. What's left is road-hugging live weight that's easier for the engine to move. Dodge is probably the easiest handling, the best-performing car you've ever driven. The excitement of simplicity. The new lean breed of Dodge from Chrysler Corporation. 
simplicity. And they're simply beautiful. Looks like it's gonna be a Chrysler year. See your Dodge dealer during October Open House. If you're just tuning in, this indeed is Roadworthy Drive, and I'm your host, Ken Chester. Now, regular listeners know that one of our hot buttons here at the Roadworthy Drive crew are issues pertaining to the privacy of personal information and how it's being shared in so many ways. Amen, brother. Often without your knowledge or consent. Yes. Now, the reason why we talk about it here is that, for the most part, the vehicle you're driving is a computer on wheels that communicates with the automaker. Mm-hmm. With vehicles like, say, I don't know, a Tesla Model S, that communication runs both ways, with vehicle parameters being updated and modified via an over-the-air update. In other words, the manufacturer has the ability to update how your car runs and handles by submitting or broadcasting uh, that information over the air for the car to receive and update the computer remotely without you having to go to the dealer or anything like that. And it tells the vehicle how to react in situations. That's what astounds me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that's, they're able to do an engineering feat just over the airways. Example. Tesla Model 3 was tested by Consumer Reports. We yep. reported it here. Yep. Um, the car braked. They said so. the braking was horrible. They mm-hmm. said that the car took longer to stop than a Ford F-150. Correct. Yep. Elon Musk met with Consumer Reports. They talked about it, researched it, submitted an over-the-air update to Model 3s already on the road to reduce the stopping time. None of those cars ever were uh, touched by a mechanic or a technician, yet they were updated so that the performance of the stopping power was improved for all of them. Well, and I don't really have a problem with that. Um... But I, but again, on one hand, I don't have a problem. On the other hand, I have a huge problem. Well, let's talk about the California law. Now, we've talked about here the European laws. Right. And the recent European law that was just passed called the General Data Protection Regulation across all of Europe. Correct. They regard it as one of the most stri- – as one of the strictest laws concerning personal data and personal privacy in the world. And if our listeners – are wondering how, you know, I found out about it. I have had to go through every app I have, and I had to agree to new privacy terms. Yeah, yeah. and pretty much we've all done that, and that yep. was mainly because of the European, of the European law. Yeah. California has passed a digital privacy law granting consumers more control and over and insight into the spread of their personal information online, creating one of the most significant regulations overseeing the data collection practices of technology companies in the United States. A little hint, where is ground zero for autonomous technology? Silicon Valley. And that state is where? California. California. Bingo! We have a winner. Thank you. Now, the reason why that bill was drafted and passed in a week? California has this something they call an initiative law that if they get enough signatures, they can put something before the voters to vote on. Okay. The technology companies didn't like the law, but they got with it because the initiative that was going to the voters was even more stringent. Okay. So they, And it's going to take effect in 2020. Now, California wrote this as a template for other states. They were frustrated with the lack of federal yep. oversight regarding personal privacy with all the stuff 
no doubt you've read uh, Equifax and all of this stuff. And it seemed like hardly a week went by where um, you were learning about some data breach that if it was a company you did business with, you might have been at risk. We can't get Congress to do their job. Well, I mean, and this goes a lot deeper because I don't think most Americans understand or the, care or, or care, because as we all know, everybody understands about Facebook and yet everyone is still on Facebook. But it's one of those things where I don't think people understand the millions of dollars, hundreds billions. of yeah, that are being exchanged for that information. OK, let's talk about the recent shooting for a second. Guy shows up, no identification, does what he did as a paper. They had to use facial recognition software to find out who this guy was. So that should tell you right there how much of your picture, everything is out there on the web that they can track you down by facial recognition software. If they want software. to. Yes. Let, me, let me read this. The new law grants consumers the right to know what information companies are collecting about them, yep. why they are collecting the data, and with whom they are sharing it. It gives consumers the right to tell companies to delete their information as well as not to sell or share their data. Businesses must still give consumers who opt out the same quality of service. Ladies and gentlemen, yes. we've always talked about the right to be forgotten. Yep. California law gives you that. Yep. If, okay, I, so if this... I may go back to, and the right to tell companies to delete their information. Okay, yep. so we're basically talking about maybe parallel to what the European law is. That is some. Very, now, very close. Now, okay. it's not as comprehensive as the European law, right. but it's the most comprehensive in the United States. What does that tell you? Now, it seems to me. That what we just talked about, those things, would be common sense. Yep. But we're talking about this as one of the most far-reaching uh, privacy and information laws in the United States right now. Yeah, because California was not going to wait around. No. This kind of thing. And the reason why is that after the European law went into effect, you saw what directly happened here in the United States. You had to go through. And say, okay, that I, you know, okay, these policies. And Facebook was one of them. Instagram was another one. Snapchat was another one. They use the terms you choose to share with us. And we will use that information. Now, the point I want to make right here. So you don't have a way to opt out. No. But the way in California you do. Correct. But here's the thing. With the California law. The companies may decide to adopt that as the de facto national standard rather than let all the states pass different things. So that's why we're bringing it up. And it's going to impact you if you own a vehicle that's five years old or newer. Yep. This is going to impact you. Because Directly. you have Wi-Fi. Yeah. You're, you're, you're tr your vehicle's transmitting information yep. about where you are, what the car is doing, all sorts of things. So this is important, and it's an awesome first step, which is why I wanted to cover it and give you a heads up, because honestly, this could very well be either the stimulation Congress needs to pass the law for national standards or the de facto standard as other states adopt it. So there we go. Um, coming up... Women drivers. It's now legal in Saudi Arabia. This is Roadworthy Drive.
You're tuned to Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. This is the third segment of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. Thank you for joining us. I'm Ken Chester. For those of you who have yet to discover our website, hey, what's the holdup? The website is roadworthydrive.com, and it's your place to discover audio past shows, video clips of our behind-the-scenes antics, hey, folks, and so much more. Check out where we are and what we are doing in our part of the social media universe. Now, for those of you that are truly mobile, you can keep up with me and the rest of the crew via Google Play and Blueberry Podcasting. Now, a little something special. For those of you on Facebook, we've actually developed a Facebook-only weekly short video just for you. A little something that Sasha's putting together, and I'll have her talk about it in a moment. We call it Wheels of Non-Consent. Bring the car back, Sasha. Yeah. (laughs) Sasha steals. I mean, Sasha borrows one of the vehicles that I get to evaluate every week for our own special take on that ride and evolving technology. What else do you want to add to that, Sasha? I, okay. You're going to bring it back? That, that's the question we need to know. This particular car that I am driving this week, I love the technology that's in it. I love experiencing how far the technology has come. However, it's not quite big enough to fit my needs. So, yes, you will probably get it back. Well, that's good. Are you going to tell the folks what you're driving? What you're, uh, I am driving sampling? a Hyundai um, Ionic. Uh-huh. Um, it, hybrid. It's a hybrid. Mm-hmm. So it's my first experience with one driving a hybrid. It is my first experience driving with a lane keep assist along with lane change assist. Um, and smart cruise. I've actually driven a car with smart cruise before. Oh. So, yeah. But together. Um, but together. It was, it's a beautiful experience. I, I wish that I could share that kind of experience with everybody. Unfortunately, I'm not able to get the angle of the camera right for that. But it's um, it's amazing to me uh, how far the um, the tech has actually come in, what, two years? Three. Like, three years now? Uh-huh. And um, Ken, did you get the car back from last week? Uh, you know, <laughs> I think she may have left it. I did not get a call from the folks that picked it up. <clears throat> to say that uh, it was missing. Okay, good. I'm a little worried about this week. But, folks, find out more about what Sasha is talking about and how she just went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over some of the features of this car. But this is only for our folks that like us on Facebook. You like us on Facebook, it will notify you when Sasha's got something new out there for you to look at. So be sure to like us. Be sure to check it out. And it's once a week, every week. That is Wheels of Non-Consent with Sasha just for you from the Roadworthy Drive crew. So, okay. Honest to God, don't hate me. Try two words. To. Two words. Women drivers. Women drivers. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying a dang thing. That mm-hmm. a boy. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started. <laughs> but can you imagine a country where in 2018 women can finally drive themselves legally for the first time? Yep, that would be Saudi Arabia. Okay, it would now, be. I've got a question. Yes. Because people like to complain about female drivers. Mm-hmm. Were there car accidents before that date? Duh. No, I'm just making sure. 
Duh. So, so they can't blame all the uh, automotive issues on women. Not yet. <laughs> time. Oh, my. Oh, my. Um, regular listeners might remember. I'm guessing maybe six months ago, we talked about a university in Saudi Arabia that had joined together with the Ford Motor Company yes. to right. actually do training yep. of women. They knew this day was coming. Yep. And it was like a three-day seminar. Yep. And it was amazing what they were doing. Uh, I find it ironic, though. I find this ironic. Um, the motor vehicle's been around for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. Um, women finally in Saudi Arabia, and from what I understand, it's the last country on earth where women were allowed to legally drive. Yep. That means even China, North Korea, and Russia have more insight. And they're just getting this now, and we're going to go to autonomy. And we are maybe 15 years from full autonomous driving. We are now in what we call a mobility economy, uh, where driving yourself is not necessarily... um, the preferred option, depending on the situation. Uh, we've talked about electric bikes, pedal bikes, scooters, um, drive sharing, drive hailing, um, subscription plans, you name it. Uh, Canvas. Canvas. Yeah. The future of mobility. Oh, by, Le- the, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Sidetrack. I, I had to put that out there. Sidetrack for a moment. And she hasn't heard anything about Canvas, by the way. Has not been updated, by the way, Miss Sasha. I have not. I have not. So I- what's up? I know that they're really, really trying in the... But they haven't updated anything. No. What's going haven't. on? I, I don't know. Maybe it's not the future. I think that it's going to be... I think it's one of those things where as the platform and the mobility idea changes, they're going to be using Canvas. If Canvas itself does not evolve, they're going to be using Canvas as a platform. Okay. Can I go back to my sidetrack, please? Yes, please. Goes on Before we go on to another Okay. Sidetrack. If we had had autonomous vehicles last night, would we have all these... Flooded out cars today. No. Hard to say. Because would the computer know what to do? Hard to say. Oh, that is hard to say. At this point in their development, hard to say. I I don't know of all the rigors if flooding, particularly flash flooding, even if it's doing anything right, uh, the key word there, flash. Flash, exactly. I mean, if you uh, boom like that, it don't matter. Now back to the subject at hand. World, (laughs) World Driving Day. Ford wasn't the only one involved. Jaguar actually uh, is celebrating, in fact, created a day. They call it World Driving Day, a global uh, program which invites both men and women to celebrate the enjoyment of driving now and in the future. And can you imagine? Mm. uh, A female Saudi driver, uh, I believe her name is Asil Al-Hamad, she was the first female board member of the Saudi Arabian Motor Federation and had never driven on a track in her home country before, but she's a race car driver, drove everywhere else. Wow. Till wow. now. Till now. And wow. she was ecstatic. Her words, what better way to kick off World Driving Day than a lap in my honor in my home country? And what was she driving? A Jaguar F-Type, the ultimate car to roar around the track. I hope the people around the world will share our joy today by sharing the most memorable driving story, and then they give a hashtag. Um, they want to remember this historic day and what it means to women, uh, to Saudi Arabia, and world progress in general. Uh, and 
uh, Jaguar talks about working with some 40 universities and academic institutions on future mobility solutions. I just find it ironic that after all of this and after people, women have actually been jailed in Saudi Arabia. Yep. Sticking up for women's rights, including the right to drive. Yep. Yep. Including last month. Was it really last month that that happened? Uh, it's been happening. I mean, oh, no, not... no. I, I know the story that you're talking about. I thought it was further back. Uh, no. Wow. It's been as late as last month. But to the women of Saudi Arabia, welcome to the highway. We're yes. Gla- we're, we are certainly glad to have you. Please enjoy it as long as you can. At last, we're finally going to talk about crude oil. Stay tuned. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is heard exclusively on the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Roadworthy Drive is a cornerstone of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. If you're just joining us, this is the fourth and final segment of this hour of Roadworthy Drive. Now, so far, we've talked about California's new privacy law and how it might affect you. Women drivers in Saudi Arabia who have finally gotten the right to drive legally, and some might say about time. And now we've gotten down to our last subject for this hour, the lowly barrel of crude oil. Now, in fairness, it's time for us to give fossil fuel its due. It still powers most of what moves us around the world, and in spite of the growing fleet of electric, hydrogen, and hybrid vehicles, it doesn't look to be leaving our roads and highways in large numbers any time in the near future. In fact, would you believe that the International Energy Agency expects demand for the sticky black stuff to actually increase in 2019? I'm going to let that sink in for a Why are they thinking that it's going to increase? Global demand. Okay. Um, Do understand that even though uh, the companies are pivoting towards electric and hydrogen and other uh, alternative sources to propel vehicles, you still have petrochemical demand. Right. Jet fuel, kerosene, um, other chemicals used in the making of other stuff like plastics. Well, and plus you're still going to have a demand for a long little while here for diesel. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Um, Here's the kicker part. Okay. The kicker part is that OPEC, who used to, you know, turn the screws here, right, have been using restraint uh, in production. As the prices have gone up, supply and demand brought back the U.S. producers in. Mm-hmm. 75% of the growth in the available of crude production is expected to be supplied by American oil companies. And that doesn't surprise me. And if I just remember right, in the last couple of weeks, OPEC put their production up. Yes. They're looking at producing maybe as much as 300,000 barrels more a day with Saudi Arabia leading that charge. Yep. Um, Out of curiosity, how many barrels a day of crude oil do you think is pulled out of the ground around the world? Oh, I'm not even going to put my dog in that fight. I'm going to say maybe... And remember, I said a day. Some point between 600,000 and a million. 
You're not even close. Not even close? Okay. Not even. 31.89 million barrels wow. a day. Wow. Nope. A day. Nope. A day. I missed that one. A day. Yeah. It blew my mind, too. Uh, they expect um, crude oil demand to grow by 1.4 million barrels a day in 2019. Uh, and like I mentioned, petrochemicals leading the demand. Um, now, here's a problem. What might mitigate this is the possibility of higher prices, a weakening of economic confidence, trade protectionism, and a potential further strengthening of the U.S. dollar. Now, this is a little economic. Ken's going to go into a little economics 101 here real quick. Okay. A stronger dollar makes our goods and services more expensive to other people outside of the United States, meaning you need more money to buy our stuff. That is why other countries do what you call devaluate their currency. If they make their currency cheaper against the dollar, then their goods and services become cheaper, and people will gravitate to the lowest cost, given, right. given the same quality. And people don't under-understand that. Um, we've seen prices. Now, there's two types of crude oil. There's Brent crude that comes from the Brent Sea uh, just off the shores of the United Kingdom. And that's priced at one price, typically higher. And then there's the good old U.S. favorite. I bet you've never heard this term. It's called West Texas Intermediate. Yep, I've heard it. Yeah, but do you know where it's priced at? Uh, I'm assuming uh, Chicago Board of Trade. Delivered at Cushing, Oklahoma. Cushing, Oklahoma happens to be where a bunch of pipelines come together. Right. And that's usually where it's priced for delivery. Okay. In Cushing. Little, 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 little extra oil uh, tidbit there for you. Now, um, would you believe that our government asked major oil producers in this country to increase their output by a million barrels a day to offset potential losses? And they don't think, actually, that the U.S. request is going to get any sort of support. Because here's the thing. If you increase production, you increase supply. If you increase supply, you suppress prices. Well, but again, if this country is trying to go energy independent. Isn't it ironic? Yeah. It is ironic that right now, this minute, we are the world's leading producer of natural gas. Yep. We are number two producer of crude oil. As a matter of fact, the United States of America actually exports what they call lightly refined uh, petroleum distillate, distillate to countries in Europe. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Yeah. The United States of America. So anybody that's still holding on to that horse about energy independence from OPEC needs is about 15 years too late with that, and it's not true. But in the middle of all this um, sits ethanol. Yep, and we've talked about that before, and we're in a state where we do this show where that is a big, big deal. Big deal. We have in this state... Roughly 40 ethanol plants, mm -hmm. 35 dry milling, I'm sorry, 35 wet milling, about five dry milling, and a couple of other plants that make ethanol. One from cellulose and I think one more uh, demo plant of some type. Yep. Uh, we produce a lot of that stuff. Yep. Um, we are currently protected under Renewable Fuel Standard Act of 2007. Those um, targets go away in 2022. That's when they sunset. Yep. 
Wow. So as goes oil demand, which I, I, I just can't get over the irony. We are now the world's produ- – we're, we're on a cusp of producing more oil than we ever have, but we've got an economy that's moving away from it. Hard. You know, first coal, now oil. Running away from it. As far as we can, every major automaker is producing electric cars. Yep. Um, Mercedes-Benz will have 10 pure electric cars by 2022. GM around the world expects to have 22. Yep. 22. And uh, please note, I didn't say hybrid. Mm-hmm. Full-on electric. Full-on electric. This is a thing. Much the same way the car came into being in, a, in an environment of horses. Yep. And people thought it was a fad, it's a trend, it ain't happening. And then look what happened. Electric's the same way. Fewer moving parts. No fluids. Uh, last forever. Totally recyclable. Um, as they get the distance issue resolved, it's going to be something. So, uh, a little primer on uh, crude oil, just so that you know. And that seems to end our conversation for this hour. And I want to thank you all on behalf of the Roadworthy Drive crew. Thanks for listening. This has been Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester. Roadworthy Drive with Ken Chester is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive Radio Network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of the Motor News Media Corporation.